Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. Are on the live stream going, what just happened? Um, but as I was saying, um, we, we're, we're stick. Uh, totally lost my train of thought, starting a brand new series uh, called The Struggle is Real, uh, mainly because as people are heading back to work, um, how many people took vacation this summer, spent some time, did something, got away, yeah, great, and now, uh, even though you may have taken a small one, people in the workplace took one, uh, but everyone's heading back to some sort of issue or struggle or thing, and for example, if you're going back to the workplace, um, most people, at least when I was consulting with the government and when I was working for uh, in the tech industry, uh, summer was a time when someone was always missing. Some week or another, someone was always gone, just like church, someone was always gone because they were taking vacation or, or gone for the weekend or, or, or whatever. Uh, and now that everyone's back, and now you got to get back into the cycle of dealing with the same work people or dealing with um, a boss who just doesn't get it or just workplace traffic trying to get the commute back and forth to work because during the summer school's out traffic's a lot easier uh, depending on where you're going except on 51 but everywhere else traffic's a lot easier uh, it's all that good stuff and people are going the kids that are going back to school and there are adults who are going back to school because they're going back to college they're getting their you know postgraduate degrees or whatever uh, but for school uh, specifically uh, that is definitely a struggle pray for kids because there's like a weird circle of life that happens in the school because from what I hear, I'm not dogging the teachers, but from what I hear, the teachers drive the students absolutely crazy because uh, they're giving them all kind of work and doing all kind of things. So they drive the students crazy. What do you think the students do? They come home and drive you guys, the parents, absolutely crazy. But according to the teachers, the parents get together with the students and they drive the teachers absolutely crazy. So everybody's struggling to get their little uh, portion of thing done. And then uh, many of us, and I say us, because this is me too, dealing with financial struggles because we saved up and we took time and we spent on vacation, but now the holidays are coming. That's a whole other financial issue because you got, you know, presents to buy and gifts to do and decorations and all that kind of stuff. So that's a struggle. Uh, and then there's family just struggles, just day-to-day -day dealing with family. That can be a struggle. Sometimes if it was like me, uh, you, you are dealing with, you know, family and you're trying to figure out how can I love people in my family but who treat me like I'm not family and you're trying to deal with that and that's a day-to-day -day struggle or maybe you're just dealing with your own personal stuff that you got going on that you're trying to overcome within yourself and that's a struggle and maybe during you know sometime in your life you said hey you know what I'm gonna ask God to deal with this issue with me but maybe you haven't because the tendency is when we have big giant issues then as Christ followers, we know we have a big, giant God. So we'll go to God when it's a big, giant thing. God, I need this medical healing. God, I have this huge financial burden. God, I have no job or whatever it is. But when it's the small day-to-day -day struggles that we have to face and fight through each and every day, sometimes Christians just say, I don't know if God can handle that. That's such a small thing, but it's this small thing and that small thing. And that small thing, is anyone, am I the only one that has these kind of issues or, oh, I thought someone said, yeah, you are. But here, here's, here's the thing, I want to show you a video because 
it's not just the struggles, it's the issues, it's the baggage, it's everything that we bring to the table. And some people may be like, well, I have no idea what you're talking about because I have no struggles whatsoever. Um, and it's okay for you to lie to yourself in church, that's good. But if you are being openly honest, there's something that this could be going better or I wish I had God's help in dealing with this. And if we're being honest, there are times when we as Christians have problems going to God with some of our struggles and some of our issues. Now, I want to show you guys a video that kind of gives you a broader picture of what I'm talking about. And I think I showed it a couple of years ago. Uh, some friends of mine at the church I was in put this on. But I want you guys to take a look at this video. So Tech Team, it's going to take a, a like three or four seconds before it starts, but just make sure the volume's up. sure seems like I've been doing all the talking lately. Are you home? Never mind. Forget it. Please, don't answer that. Yes, I know you are. But I'm so tired. I came in here with some things. I came in here with with a lot of, well, this one is doubt. Self-doubt, faith-doubt. I'm like the doubting Thomas who wants to believe but needs proof. This one is the questions. You know them. Questions. Will it be my job tomorrow? And if not tomorrow, what about next week? How am I supposed to make all these ends meet somewhere? You said you would take all this stuff if I give it up. Is that true? Really true? One question just leads to another. And this one is regret. Notice the size color, the wear and tear, this one is full of the things that I never should have done, of the words that cracked and broke relationships. How am I supposed to let that go? What can you do with my regret? This one is a lost item.
Now you don't have to raise your hand, but has anyone been in that position where you've got stuff you're dealing with and you've ever wondered, can I trust God with this issue or with this struggle or is he actually going to come through? And, and that's what we want to do throughout this whole series is talk about those struggles uh, without going into detail about your personal issue or whatever, but just put it out on the floor that, yeah, we all have stuff that we're going through.
And our goal is by the end of this series is that we want to look at the stuff we're going through and have a brand new attitude and a brand new plan to overcome all these old struggles that we go through day after day after day. So what we're going to do is we're going to start specifically um, looking at some issues that women go through, uh, just because I decided to start with women. Not saying that you have more or less. That's just where it's chivalry. Ladies first, okay? All right? So uh, if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of Genesis, chapter 16. In Genesis chapter 16, if you don't have a Bible, there's one on, uh, like under a table or under a seat in front of you, left or right of you somewhere. And in Genesis chapter 16, many of us are familiar uh, with this particular account. It's about Sarai and Abraham, or as we know her, Sarah uh, and Abraham, but here they're still Sarai and Abram, uh, and their account with Hagar. Now, Typically, what a lot of people do is focus on Abraham and Sarah because they're like the chosen ones. You know, they're like the Luke and Laura. Uh, But what I would like to do is focus on Hagar because sometimes it's great when you can open a Bible and it says, thus saith the Lord about your problem or your issue or your struggle. But what's really helpful is when you can open the Bible and see someone going through a struggle and putting their faith in God. And you're like, yeah, I've been through that. So maybe I can do that. All right, so starting in chapter 16, uh, looking at verse 1, it says, Now Sarai, who was Sarah, she was about 75 at this time. Abram, Abraham, was about 85. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Now, as we're going to see, Hagar had a lot of issues that came up in her life, but they started They started not because of something she did wrong. And if you don't know the backstory, uh, Abram and Sarah, uh, they went down to Egypt, even though God had told them to go somewhere else. They disobeyed God, went down to Egypt. While they were there, uh, they added her to their household. And her role in the household is she was supposed to be a maidservant. So she was supposed to be a, like, a, a domestic servant. She was supposed to be like a maid, uh, a, a, a kind of like cleaning the house, cooking the meals, all that kind of stuff. But because of issues that they had, Sarai, or Sarah, instead of treating her like a maidservant, said, hey, I'm going to treat her like a prostitute. And I know that may sound a little foul, but if there's, that's what it is. If there's someone who says, hey, Uh, you woman go sleep with that guy and whatever comes out of that union is going to come to me. We would call that prostitution, sex trafficking, whatever you want to call it. And that's exactly what Sarah did. She treated Hagar like a prostitute. Now, uh, here's the thing. And and ladies, this this is extremely important. How you treat other women is extremely important. Whether you know them or not, whether they're Christians or not, how you treat other women. Because if they know that you're a Christ follower, it's going to impact the way that they see God. And if you treat them poorly or badly or like a prostitute, not saying that you're going to go sell women out. But when you treat women like that, what do you think they're going to think about your God? 
What do you think they're going to respond when you say, hey, here's, here's the way that my church does things or the way that my God does things? Their only view of that is through you. Now, uh, from Hagar's perspective, um, she was supposed to be there with supposedly these godly folks, these godly people, because Abraham and Sarah, they're the chosen ones. They probably talked about his own relationship. And they had a huge household. It wasn't like just the three of them. Uh, at one point, it says that uh, Abraham had like 300 men working for him in his household, and they probably had children and family and all that kind of stuff. But from Hagar's perspective, she's like, hey, I came here to work. This was my expectation. And now look at how I'm treated. Now, granted, she went in to, you know, be sleeping together with Abram. And her expectations were probably, well, maybe now, you know, I'll be, instead of just being a maidservant, maybe I'll be like one of his wives or something like that. And um, instead, instead, what happens is that she gets treated like a prostitute. Now, let me ask you this, ladies specifically. Have you ever had someone treat you in a bad way or gossip about you or talk bad about you? Or, or talk to other people badly about you, and you had no idea what was going on, it wasn't your fault, and you don't have to raise your hand, but that happens a lot where, and it's not just women, people will treat other people in a harsh or bad way because of stuff they have going on. So because Sarai couldn't have children, although God had already told her, I'm going to give you children, and although she felt like, hey, I got to go do this on my own because she said, you know, God has kept me from having children. And they brought Hagar into this, you know, sister wives type situation. Is anyone still watching? Is that still on the air? Is it okay, cool. All right, so drop down to verse 4. Let me, let me, let me, this is, this is really, 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 it gets worse. Let me just put it like that. So in verse 4, um, here it says, he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. So she slept with Hagar. Hagar got pregnant. And then Hagar, that word despise, literally means to think nothing of or to slight or to think that someone else is worthless. So it is wrong, from Sarai's perspective, to treat people like property and, and to take your issues and put them on them and make them responsible for handling your issues, totally wrong. But you know what else is wrong? Is to look at other people and treat other people as if their life means nothing. And we tend to think when we look at that word despise, it means she hated her. It literally meant that she looked at her like, hey, guess what, Sarah? I'm the pregnant one. You and your life mean nothing. And we may not think a lot about that, but when people get treated like that, that's when they go home and they say, my life means nothing, and they end their life because they feel like their life doesn't matter. Now, from God's perspective, God looks down and he says, here we have this woman named Hagar, all right, and, and she's in this sister wives situation and she's in this loveless triangle, and God is aware of her situation. And here she is, she's sitting and she's alone. She has no family with her. She feels like she has no one she can trust, no one that she can turn to, no one that she can help. And God is aware of the situation. And there's a lot of times when we're going through struggles that we're like, where in the ham sandwich is God? Does he know that I'm going through this pain? Does he know that I'm going through this issue? 
And, and I can guarantee you that um, not just looking at women in this room, but there are women in our communities, in our homes, in our jobs who feel like um, there's someone who hurt me, there's someone who I trusted, there's someone who I looked to for help, but maybe they left, maybe they weren't there, there's someone who I wanted to love, but they didn't love me back, and they're probably thinking, yeah, right, where in the ham sandwich is this God now when I need him, right? Now, this continues, it all comes to a head because um, once... Uh, Hagar gets pregnant, you know, and she starts looking down on Sarah. And Sarah, who is the boss and in charge, says, hey, you don't realize who you're messing with. You work for me. And she starts mistreating her. And so then Hagar does the only thing that she thinks she can do. Uh, she runs and she leaves. And you would think that Abram would step in because, you know, she's carrying, you know, the, he's like, the baby daddy, you would think he'd step in and say, well, hey, wait, this is my child here. Let me do something. But he doesn't, and I want to share this with you, and I know this may not apply to you, but this does apply, especially considering the message that Patty gave last week about youth and, and our children and the next generation. And, and we need to make sure that our youth and young girls understand that if all they have is a physical relationship, to not expect an emotional response from the guy that they're hooking up with. If all they're doing is engaging physically with some guy, then they're not going to get the love, the emotional response that they're looking for. And as a guy, I'm here to tell you that's not how it works. It doesn't work that way. We're not wired that way. We could be, but a lot of times we choose not to be. And that's not good or bad. That's just the way it is, all right? So, um, I'm going to put the rest of the verses up here on the screen for the sake of time. This is what happens next. The angel of the Lord um, found Hagar because she left. He found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Now, this is important. The angel of the Lord, uh, most theologians believe that this was actually uh, a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ, or just God showing up. Either one, because as we're going to see, the angel does some things that angels don't do, that only God can do. But the, the good thing is that he found her. God was aware of her situation, and he went looking for her. It wasn't like he was sitting back, watching the game, and he said, what is this, what, what, what's all going on over there, and looked and said, oh, where'd this woman come from? He went looking for her, and he found her, and he addressed her as Hagar, servant of Sarai, not to say, hey, you're just a servant, but to let her know that he knew her situation. And a lot of times, there are times when no matter what you're going through, especially as a woman, that there's something that guys cannot give that only God can give. Because we only know so much about what you tell us. But God knows who left you. He knows who hurt you. He knows who cheated on you. He knows who, who lied you. He knows who used you or abused you. He knows your situation, and he hears you, and he will respond if you ask him. All right? So uh, he finds her, and he goes, and he says, hey, uh, who are you? Or Hagar, servant, where are you come from, and where are you going? Now, he already knows all this. She says, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. And he responds with this. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. And, and this is crucial because 
a lot of times when we do say, okay, God, where are you now? And God shows up. Our desire is to have God remove us, pull us away or out of the situation. And sometimes God just wants to pull us through the situation. Because, and this this is crucial, sometimes the only way that we're going to learn to trust God in the struggle is if we have no choice but to trust God in the struggle. So every issue that we're going through, God isn't going to come and totally remove the issue, but he's going to stand with us and encourage us and support us as we go through that issue so that the next time that issue comes up, we're not going to wonder where God is in a struggle. We're going to know that God is with us in the struggle. Does that make sense to anyone? Now, here's the other thing is it's really important, and, and um, I'm not saying that women do this more than men, but sometimes women define themselves by the struggle. Here's what I'm going through, so here's what I am, and that is not how God sees you. You are not the struggle that you're going through. You are not the issue that you're facing. You are not um, the person that other people who gossip about you and talk about you and come at you say that you are, but you can be the person who God has called and equipped you to be if you allow him to see you through. Now, here's what he says. He says, go back to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel added, I will so increase your descendants. He says he's going to do it, which is how we know this is a manifestation of God and not just an angel. The word angel means messenger. Uh, So the people who wrote this say, hey, I saw a messenger come from God, this particular messenger, uh, God in the flesh. He says, I will increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel Lord also said to her, you are now a child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard your misery, excuse me, has heard your misery. So he makes a promise to her that, hey, this issue that you're dealing with, you're not only are you going to get through it, but you're going to be blessed on the other side of it. You're going to have, and this is the same promise that he makes to Abraham and Sarah. I'm going to bless your descendants so that they can be uh, too numerous to count. And he makes that same promise to her. Now, here's what happens. He says, he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. We're going to come back to that because that's important. And he says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. So she knows you saw my pain, you saw my sorrow, you saw my issues. You are the God who sees me, for she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahoi Roy. It's still there between Kadesh and Bered. And then so Hagar bore Abram a son. She went back, had the child, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Now, this is important, too, because she went back. And submitted to Sarai, but she also told Abram everything that had happened. Here's what God said this child's name would be. So this is important, and like write this down, underline it, do however you need to get this. Sometimes, ladies, not all the time, but sometimes, men listen. We, did you just laugh at that? That's just, that's just wrong. But sometimes we do. We hear what you're saying. And I know you tend to think we only think with our footballs. But we don't. Sometimes we hear you. We may not respond the way that you want us to, but sometimes, just sometimes, uh, we hear you. So later on, she goes back. She has this child. Later on, uh, and this is like I think at least 14 or 15 years later, Ishmael has a run-in with Sarah's child, Isaac. 
and they don't get along. And Sarah says, okay, enough is enough. You got to get out. And she kicks her out. And she goes into the wilderness with her son. And, and, and God hears not her, but he hears her son. And this is what he says. God was with the boy, Ishmael, as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. And while he was living in the desert of Paran, Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. So she ended up raising this child as a single parent. And can we just stop and, and just say a prayer for all the single moms out there? And I'm going to ask you to bow your head because you may not know how difficult it is, but it is extremely difficult. So, God, we want to lift up all of the single mothers out there, the ones who are struggling to raise a child or children, uh, the ones who are teenagers and trying to raise a child on their own, the ones who are coming out of marriages or relationships and trying to raise a child or their own, or the grandmothers who are raising their grandchildren. Because there isn't a mother or there isn't a father there. And God, we know the struggles that they face, the financial struggles. We know the social struggles. We know the economic hardships. And God, we pray that you would encourage them, strengthen them, lead them to God-honoring, Bible-believing congregations where they can find people who will love them, support them, encourage them, and who will direct them to you so that you can see them through their struggles. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, now, uh, one more passage of Scripture. This is afterwards. God, uh, God gives us a summary of what happened. He says, these were the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names of the 12 tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. And in the previous verse, he listed the names. So Ishmael had 12 sons, just like um, Isaac uh, and, or Jacob, Isaac's son, who was the son of Abraham, had 12 sons. And he said, altogether, Ishmael lived 137 years, which is probably about like 70 to 80 in our span of life. He breathed his last and died, and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the border of Egypt, as you go toward Asher. And they lived in hostility toward all their brothers. Now, when God said that, he wasn't proclaiming that over them, like that's what I want them to be. But he was prophetically announcing, because he lives outside of time and can see the future, this is how they are going to be, and they did. And that area, Asher, is what we know as uh, Assyria, which later came to be parts of Iraq and Iran. And they were so blessed because, and I'm trying to get this statistic right, I might get it wrong, but at least one-third of the world's oil comes from their property that they have. God blessed them financially. He blessed them relationally. But their issue is they're still fighting against one another, not because of anything God did. But if you trace it back, and that's a conversation for another time, because of issues that they had with their family. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do. Uh, I'm going to ask... Um, us to stand in a minute, but I'm going to ask the band to come up, and, and, and we're going to set the tone. We're not going to sing. I just want to spend a moment or two in prayer uh, for all of the women in our congregation, and even the ones aren't here. And as a final word, let me just say this. Sometimes it is difficult to trust God when you're going through the same old struggle. When you wake up 
in the same old bed and you go to the same old job and you do the same old thing or you're with the same old kids and then at the end of the day you have the same old dinner, get back in the same old bed and then get up and do the same old thing day after day after day, it can seem like there's no end to it. But as we just read, like he told, Sarah, uh, he told Hagar to submit, go back and submit, sometimes the best thing we can do is to stay where we are until God tells us otherwise. And trust, again, sometimes the only way you can learn to trust God in the struggle is to trust God in the struggle. You guys, how many of you guys are familiar with the, the account of Peter walking on water? Yeah. Now, we don't read it ever again, but if it was me, every night in the bathtub, I'd be moonwalking on water, knowing that God's going to be there for me. And even if I didn't make it and it didn't work, Every night I would try it, trusting that, you know what, this might be the time that God shows up because he showed up in the past. And it, sometimes it may benefit us to just stay quiet and to not speak out against the struggle that we're going through. That doesn't mean we don't share it with people and say, pray for me. But there's a difference between saying, pray for me, and just like blasting on Facebook everything that's going wrong in your life. And I know that sometimes we just want people to be there for us and pray for us. And we all need that. But there's a difference between me going, you know, hey, Kevin and Bonnie, here's what I'm going through. Uh, I wish you guys would pray for me. Than me blasting, well, here's, here's the seven people that screwed up my life and the five people that made it harsh. And I, I don't have to tell you, you've seen enough of the drama that goes around. But here's, here's the final thing. Sometimes... The best thing that we can do is to stay strong. And I don't mean strong like we have to hold up all this stuff on our own, but that we have a God that will pull us through no matter what we're going through. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask all the women to stand. If you guys would just stand for a moment. And I just want to pray for you. I'm waiting for Adrian to stand, but she's like not paying attention. There you go. All right. And I just want to pray for you, and I'm just going to ask you to bow your head. God, we pray for every single woman that's standing. We pray for the ones that are at home, uh, our mothers, our daughters, our sisters, our grandmothers. God, we lift them up to you because... We know that there are struggles that they go through that we cannot understand. And if we were to look at the entirety of Scripture, Lord, we would know that our role as men is to love them, to protect them, to put them first, to put their dignity before our physical needs and use everything we have in our power to point them to you that they might experience your love, your goodness, your grace, and your blessings. And God, we realize that sometimes we as guys, we don't get it right. So I pray that you would help us to help them make it through any struggles that they're going through. That we would encourage them. That we would stand by them. And that we would step out of the way so that they might receive your blessings. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Uh, I
I don't want to single the women out, so next week we're going to talk about uh, the men and issues that they go through. But other than that, pray that you have an awesome weekend. I apologize for going long. God bless. <laughs>